your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, December 7th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that feels like we're kind of getting the band back together, Russ. Let's feel that way. Yeah, getting some guys back from injuries. We're going to talk about that, plus answer your mailbag questions on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Wednesday. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. And that is how you can get your questions answered on the show like we are doing today. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Uh, Russ, a little bit of news from the Flyers yesterday. Like I said, getting the band back together. It looks like JVR could possibly play tonight against the Washington Capitals. He was on uh, the ice in practice yesterday Mm -hmm. in a regular jersey. Uh, It's a game-time decision as of now, but uh, things are trending in that direction. If not tonight, definitely this weekend, it's looking like. Yeah, I mean, that's a a big um, plus for them, getting them on the power play, getting them on on five-on-five. That's, you know, eventually, though, we're going to say, hey, it's good to have all these guys back, but then, you know, who are they replacing? That's where all of a sudden, that's going to be my focus soon. Yes, exactly. We are going to talk about where he might slot back in. Um, Cam Atkinson was also in the regular practice, but in a no contact jersey. It seems like he's getting closer, might not be there yet, but perhaps sometime in the next week or two. I see. All right. So this is the one I'm confused with. Two days ago, he did an interview saying there were no restrictions. He could come back. He could be on the ice. He could take contact and everything. And now he's back to restrictions. Mm-hmm. Something happened. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, you do know something happened. You don't go back from having no restrictions to back to putting on the yellow. That is very true. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, unfortunately, Tanner Lazinski is now on IR. You know, it's like two <sighs> steps forward. It's such a good game. It's such a good game against the Avs. I know. This is terrible. I mean, I feel bad for him because, you know, I felt like there was a chance, like a slight opening for him. And now he might get healthy and there might not be another opening. I know. That's the thing I think about the most is that he was absolutely trending in the right direction. He did have a good game against the Avs. And uh, it looks like he's week to week now, (laughs) which is not as good as day to day, but I guess oh. that's why he was officially put on IR and, uh, you know, for roster purposes, but man, I, I just feel so bad for him, but it does sort of beg the question. Okay. You know, JVR is back and he gets power play time. You know, what does that do for other guys? What does that do for the lines 
in general. And, you know, obviously I think that bumps, you know, a guy like McEwen down again, which is good. Yes. But, um, you know, is Patrick Brown going to still be in because Lazinski is now out, out? How does that all shuffle around? Well, I think right now you're right about McEwen. And I think right now that Patrick Brown will be in there. But I think he's still just temporary. I think he's as temporary as Max Willman was. It's just you're really not getting anything out of Patrick Brown. You're getting some face-off wins when he does them. But other than that, you're not really getting anything. So I think right now, just because they're not going to call up anybody who we think they should call up named Ali Lixell or somebody like that, that this is what you're going to get. This is this is the unfortunate drawback of having torts because uh, he will – do the call-ups, but only when absolutely necessary. When all of a sudden it's like, okay, I don't have any other choice. Now I'm going to call up like, you know, like Zamula. Like that was a perfect example. Uh, so I just, this is when, you know, I wish he was a little more proactive with it. And even though he is saying that he's giving players a chance, like, hey, Chuck Fletcher, you know, look at me. That's what I'm doing. He's still doing it begrudgingly in a lot of cases. Well, uh, you know, hopefully we get Zamula back in at some point, but uh, I think he's going to stick with this D the way it is for the time being. Um, but at least on the forward line, it seems pretty clear that JVR would slot in on the third line. Mm-hmm. McEwen would go down to the fourth line. Yeah. And then, you know, since Lazinski's out, that takes care of that, right? Yeah. I mean, look, you could put Zach McEwen on the second line. His chances can go way up and, you know, you might get a point or two in like seven, eight games, 10 games, you know, so it's better to have him on the fourth line and limit his ice time. And then if he gets points, great. That's what I think too. Um, hopefully it improves the power play uh, a little bit, having JVR back net front, maybe he can get a couple dirty goals. And, you know, from practice, we saw that both of the power play units were four forward, one defenseman, you know, with uh, Tony D'Angelo on the first unit and Ivan Provorov on the second one, which I like from a functional perspective. I think, you know, you know me, I'm a no positions person yes. anyway, so I would prefer five forwards on the power play, but I don't think the Flyers can handle it with this roster quite yet. So just having, you know, four forward one defenseman works out, I think. I'm okay with it. Um, my issue is I don't think I would have Joel Farabee in the slot. I would rather have Lawton in the slot and Farabee on the right side because Lawton doesn't have near the shot that Farabee does. And Farabee needs to get it going. And this is where I just, I don't understand the power play coaching here. I don't. It took forever to get back Owen Tippett on the right, on the left side. I was just saying on the right side of things to get him, you know, to where his shot is functional. Which we do now, right? They finally Yeah, they've done that now for a couple of games. Yeah. Joel Farabee is the same thing. His shot is everything. It's like, where is all of a sudden Joel Farabee a great slot guy? You might as well let that be no. Scott Lawton. That's a better slot spot for him because, yeah, he's a little bit more That's of a correct. veteran. He might, it just seems so obvious. I think so too, but maybe they'll monkey around with it a little bit in the game against the Caps. I think it'd be a good opportunity uh, for that. And speaking of those Caps, uh, the Flyers. Uh, as we recall, lost three to two in that brutal overtime oh, yeah. game the last time we saw them. And since then, the Caps have split two games 
versus Calgary. They won against the Canucks and Oilers, but lost to the Devils and Kraken. They are 4-4-2 and two in their last 10. So again, just kind of middling along and getting some wins and, and not others. And I feel like this is a good redemption opportunity for the Flyers because they have improved to a, a large degree, I think, since that game against the Caps. Um, they're not, you know, obviously there yet, but I think this could be a good opportunity to show, no, yes, we can win a game like that that we should have won the last time around. Yeah, except Ovechkin's gotten hotter. Like, he's on a pretty good tear right now. He's he's broken some older records and... He played a really pivotal part in the last game. Again, he's going to play a very pivotal part in this game, and we'll kind of see what does the coaching staff have in store to try and keep his keep his points down. And because that, to me, is you know something that's a key thing. You know, again, the coach always wants to talk about learning experience and teaching experience and teaching the guys, but. It seems like I'm the only one who ever talks about the other coaches on this staff that sometimes need to change things too, because he'll never talk about it. John will never talk about it. And it just seems like, you know, it just never comes up. Yeah, I think it, it is going to be a challenge, but I just see it more of an opportunistic challenge here. Mm-hmm. Given all of that, because of you know how the Flyers have performed recently. And I think that, again, this is just going to be a game of inches here where it's like small mistakes are going to be the biggest part of it on either side, whether, you know, you can um, very much pun intended capitalize on mistakes from the other team. Yeah, big thing um, since the last time, you know, Sonny Milano's done a good job of really, I know it hurts you because you wanted to get him for the Flyers and, you know, Flyers need scoring, but he, I guess would never be able to work with torts again. So he's done a good job of getting back in there. And TJ Oshie, I don't think was in there the last time who's in there now. So it is a bigger challenge now, regardless of what the record has been. When the Caps and the Flyers get together, it's there's always like this, hey, it's going to be a tough game thing no matter what. So just like the Caps have to be ready for JVR to maybe come out of the gate hot, the Flyers have to be ready for, you know, a guy like Oshie too, because he'll, he'll hit you as well as, you know, score on you. Yeah, I think so as well, but uh, should be a good one, I think. And I am looking forward to it. We will talk more about it on tomorrow's show after the game coming up next. We are going to dig into the mailbag. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports, and of course, the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
Russ, I do want to touch on a couple of things we didn't get to in the first segment before we dig into the mailbag. And we got some prospect news Mm -hmm. over the last couple of days. Uh, Cutter Gautier, our first round draft pick from last year, uh, made Team USA's camp for World Juniors. That was pretty much expected. Yeah, he'll make the team. It's no question. Exactly. But he also got Hockey East Rookie of the Month for his performance with Boston College. And he is really, you know, we've talked about him recently yeah, on yeah. the show. And he's getting a, a real good start to his college career. So it's good to see the conference recognize that. Yeah, it's great to see. I mean, he's off to a good start. That's what you want. He looks good. He's comfortable at the center position right now. And now you just want him to get games in and 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 keep this momentum up, keep it right up through the, uh, you know, through the playoff season and along those lines ethan sampson uh, got an invite to team canada's world junior camp a flyers defensive prospect and uh, we're really excited about this not sure he'll make the team but we are going to talk about him more in detail on tomorrow's show so tune in for that for our prospect profile Switching over to our mailbag, uh, the first question is a good one because it's kind of in limbo right now. Uh, you said that the Flyers could be trying to move a contract for Artem and Isimov. Is that still a possibility at this point? If so, who might they move? I, it is still a possibility. I I don't know exactly who, but you know, again, if you want to read the tea leaves, like Cam York could come up anytime. So at that point, if Cam York is ready to come up, you could trade Nick Sealer and free up that contract. Like you could just trade him for a seventh round pick if you just, you know, want to free up a spot. Or you could trade Nick Sealer for, you know, maybe even something a little more, another, you know, you don't want to take a contract back though. That's the thing. So any kind of pick is, is good. Um, that would be one way out of it. Uh, another way out of it would be a bigger trade. Uh, again, I don't think it's impossible that a starter on this team gets traded, whether it's Ivan Provorov, whether it's Travis Sanheim, or maybe even Travis Konechny, who has two years left on his deal. Depending on the, what the direction of the team is going to be, that that's what you have to take um, take out of this. Is you know if if a team wants Konechny and they feel like they could contend next year, then they may not want to make the deal, but. If a team wants Konechny, gives you a good package, and you're uncertain as to where you're going to be next year, you might do that deal because, again, he's going to be up for a new contract. The cap's going to be sort of tight. That's, you know, these are decisions now that have to be made. So it's possible, you know, a, a starter could go, even two starters could go, and maybe they get back one really great player and then they free up a contract. I, I think those kinds of things are being talked about, but it's hard to do it before the December freeze. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. My concern is the December freeze. Are they going to run up against it and not get what they need out of the deal? But at the same time, I don't think they're trading Travis Konechny. Like that is not I don't know. a Chuck Fletcher I, move I, at this point. I, I, I think he's too locked into this team isn't as bad as you think it is. And he has to keep Konechny in order to do that. He might be, but I'll just give you a scenario. Um if he gets traded to a team that offers up a really good defenseman and and that, you know, trickles down to the coach and they start asking him, hey, you know, what do you think about this? You know, he might opt for that defenseman because knowing that this defense is nowhere near set 
and isn't going to be set. So it also matters what the coach thinks too. That is a good point. But yeah, I, I don't see them moving like a high end guy, high end for the Flyers, let's say yeah. right now. But uh, mid tier or lower tier, like a sealer, I think that's possible. But uh, I don't know that it'll happen. No, I don't either. Point, given the time crunch. All right, next question. Uh, we talked a little bit about this in the first segment, but um, Steve wants to know when JVR and hopefully Cam Atkinson check back in, what are the expectations on them and for the team overall since we've got, we'll have gotten everybody back except Couturier? Their ex- the expectation is play better hockey, give a definite boost to the team, expect more winning, expect more playing the way the coach wants them to play. Those are the expectations. You know, at that point when they're pretty much at full strength, if they keep losing at this rate, then that, you know, tells me changes are going to come. And I think changes are coming anyhow, regardless, but I think that's going to be the next thing now. How do these guys perform? And Atkinson is safe. Like we know he's safe. JVR obviously is going to get traded. Like these are obvious things, but it all depends on the rest of the things like what I've been talking about other players from now until the deadline, when they're at full strength, this, you know, they're going to be evaluating. And if some guys aren't meeting their expectations in the evaluations, then they're going to get traded most likely if they can. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a leap of faith here that Chuck Fletcher can make some trades and last year he didn't really. So I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I I think that, you know, for them individually, I think it's just to get their games back and to contribute in whatever ice time that they get and kind of blend into the system mm-hmm. well and, you know, make sure that they're up to speed on, on what they need to do, uh, particularly defensively, in order to fit in with what this game is right now. I think that'll be a top uh, thing for them individually to look at. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, the expectations are what they are with Torts right now in terms of the team overall. Uh, as far as Torts goes, this next one is a good one that I really like. Uh, there have been questions on some specific things related to the assistant coaches and their duties. Um, Rocky Thompson and Brad Shaw, including the power play and defensive breakouts. Will Torts ever pass the mic to them and will we hear from them directly? No. No, I mean, Shaw talked about the team, the one game that Torts didn't talk. But no, I don't expect to hear from the coaches about these things. I think the media will ask and I think they'll be denied. Yeah, that's really disappointing because I think that it would be helpful to hear some different voices Mm -hmm. besides Torts to talk about their take on what's happening with the team. That, you know, sometimes we hear what Chuck Fletcher thinks, but... I don't think that matters as much as the coaching staff in terms of, you know, digging into it in terms of what they need to improve on. I mean, from my count, we heard from Rocky Thompson once, right? That's it. Yeah. Just that one time. So, well, that is uh, not ideal, but uh, one more question before a break uh, based on what we know now, will Kevin Hayes lead the team in scoring at the end of the season? If not him, who? No, I think it's going to be him because he got off to a hot start. And now not only is he on the power play, but he pretty much stays through, like I would say, 
what most of the normal time for power play two would be like power play two barely gets any time. Right. So Hayes is out there an awfully long time and you know, he's a good offensive player, so he's going to get those points. So he's going to lead the team in scoring. I think Travis Konechny has a good chance of it. I think he's been playing really well and seems to have a scoring touch this season that he didn't last year. So I know he missed a bunch of games and that's probably why he isn't up there with Kevin Hayes now in points. So I'm going to give him the trophy right now. Uh, We'll we'll see how the the season plays out. We've got some more questions coming up on Morgan Frost and some things around the NHL. So we will get to those right after this. All right, Russ, uh, Morgan Frost. How has he looked in the last few games? I think he's looked pretty good. I mean, the points aren't there, but I think he's got like three points in his last 11, something like that. Uh, I feel like his play has been noticeable. Uh, I think he's had like one turnover here and there. He's definitely cut down on it. The skating's been good. I think the coaches, you know, relatively okay with him right now. But again, that could change overnight, like with anybody else. So if he, if, I think what the important thing right now of Morgan Frost is this. You can't value where he was picked in the draft as to what you might expect him to do as a player. I think that's that's a mistake. I always tell people you can't do that for any player. So, you know, if you take that away, yes, his development's taking a little longer than we thought, but also circumstances haven't been great because he was injured. A bad injury, shoulder injury does really, you know, set you back. So he got set back a bit. Um, and then a couple different coaches, you know, so I think the, the window, uh, elongated a little bit on him as far as development, but I I think he's on the right track. I just don't think he's going to be a, you know, 55 point guy in this league. Now. I don't think that. I do think that, yeah, I'm seeing some of the little things from him Mm -hmm. that are a key part of his game. One of my favorite plays that he likes to do every now and again is do that pass from behind the net out front to somebody else to take a shot. And he's very good at it. And so I like when he does it and he's been doing that a little bit more recently, at least making the attempt, which I like it's, and it's part of the four check, right? The Tortorella light. So he's able to work something that he does well into the system, which I think is the way that the way that he's going to make himself known and get the respect of torts. Uh, next question. Is there any other forward besides Ali Lixel uh, that you've already talked about that you think could get a call up from the Phantoms? Have we talked about Ali Lixel? Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I unfortunately, I don't know if Radcliffe will get called up at all this year. He's really fallen off. Like that's that's one that I think um, has underwhelmed. I think Forster, if he stays on top the way he is, but has a legit hot streak where he's scoring goals. And if the team is really suffering from goal scoring, a lack of it. Yeah. I think it could be Tyson Forrester at some point, but they're not there yet. No, 
I don't think so either. That's Ali Lixol to me is the only one that you could call him up now and he'd be okay. Yes. I think those other guys definitely still need to wait a little bit. But yep. of those other guys, maybe maybe Forrester's the most likely. And I think under those circumstances, you're right. Um, I would like it to be Elliot Denoyer, but I don't think he's ready. No. He's just not. I yeah. think he needs to deal with the defensive side of things away from the puck a lot more before I'd call him up because I think he'd be a defensive liability right now. Yeah, I agree with that. For the Flyers. All right. Uh, some NHL questions on coaches does either bruce boudreau or gerard gallant get fired before the all-star break gallant's not getting fired before the all-star break um boudreau my gut tells me no but i hear that the front office is split on him um so there is a chance for boudreau unfortunately Vancouver has been a mess. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, he had such a hot start with that team when he was brought on. Yeah. And then things have just fallen apart quickly and he hasn't been able to put it back together. I think the confidence in the the Rangers roster is too high to really risk like rocking the boat. Yeah. You know, by changing out the coaching staff. I think that would be I think it would be a mistake at this point. But I think there's plenty of time for the Rangers to really get things back on track yeah so much much to my chagrin <laughs> but i think they could do it uh one more question now that boston lost one at home finally will they come down to earth or are they going to continue to dominate i mean there's no there's nothing in the tea leaves telling me that they shouldn't continue to dominate because they're doing things the montgomery way they've got guys healthy they've got two great offensive defensemen which a lot of teams don't have and they're getting good goaltending. Like that's a recipe to keep dominating in this league. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right. Uh, I think that this is just a small bump in the road for them, and you know, it took a shootout to do it. So I think yep. that they're not they're not going to lose any confidence from this no. one loss. But it, it it could feel like the dam is broken, so that it'll happen again or or more often. But it's still going to be this Boston team that is is going to stay near the top of the league or at the top I mean, uh, for the rest of the season. They didn't even lose confidence from the Brad Marchand missed shot in, uh, during the pandemic at, you know, oh at my Wells God. Fargo where he didn't even touch the puck. Like he did. He touched it for a hair and it moved like a centimeter and that was it. His shot yeah. was over it. They didn't oh, even, we were there. I know. And he didn't lose faith over that. So. Yep. All right. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Man, when the Flyers do it up for a kid they really do such a great job they with do. it and this time was no different they did a contract for a day with zachary Wirtz, and uh this kid is just really cute got to do the whole official signing a contract went out there and had practice was taking shots on carter hart and sat down with travis konechny and I just love every second of all of that. Yeah, the picture with him and Konechny is great. You know, my only issue with that picture is it looks like they're eating steak fries. I don't know if kid if a kid really wants steak fries. I know, you know, it's like that's the only thing. It's like they gave them steak like steak fries a, are the best. What are you? No, they're about? not. No, they're not. There's so many better French fries. There are steak fries are just too thick and chewy. Like honestly, the perfect French fry is either the the checkers fry now. I think is the best. Um, or Nathan's, 
But Nathan's is a little. Not everybody has, has had that. Crinkle in cut. I don't no, know. No, no. But, but Nathan's wow, crinkle this cut. This took a turn. Yeah. This took a turn. Not, not, I, I wanted to say something nice about this kid, and now we're arguing about. No, no, no. Everything they did was great. I'm just saying he may have been too young for the steak fries. I think if you gave him a choice, okay. he'd rather have like a thinner shoestring kind of French fry. That's all. All right. Well, I'm glad he had a good time. Yes. Uh, it seems like it. And uh, you can tell the players love to do stuff oh, yeah. like this. It's Connecting is the right guy for a, that. Yeah. And, you know, it's a good mental break for them. But, you know, still being out there on the ice, I, I really like it a lot. Yeah. All right. That will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to recap this game against the Washington Capitals. And like I said, we are going to talk about Ethan Sampson in our prospect profile. So tune in for that. Uh, if you want your question answered in our mailbox, like we just did, you can email us at locked up on flyers at gmail you can tweet or send us an instagram message at locked on flyers or you can comment over on youtube i'm rachel i'm on twitter at r miriam that's r m i r i a m i'm russ i'm at sportsology s-p-o-r-t-s-o-l-o-g-y thanks for making locked on flyers your first listen today for your next listen check out the locked on sports today podcast it's the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.